we are past the midpoint of April, and uh, we are still battling through some colder weather, but uh, looks like uh, a decent weekend ahead for us as we get into the last couple of weeks of regular season competition. Let's talk about what has happened uh, in terms of Dort Athletics over the last seven days or so and look ahead to the weekend as well. My name is Mike Biker, Director of Athletic Communications at Dort, and I'm joined today by Bradley Lackman and Matt Boss. And we will uh, fill you in and we are going to begin to uh, let's talk about softball first of all, guys. A a long layoff for the defenders and uh, played their first game in first games in what, eight or nine days, it seems, and played Jamestown last night. It took a little work, and it was delayed and all that kind of good stuff, but played a couple of double he- uh, played a couple of games. Matt, you were able to watch them online for the most part, and a dramatic win for the defenders in game number two, uh, game number one. Game one was a back-and-forth affair. Jamestown would score. Dort would respond right back, went into extra innings. Um, a big uh, two-out hit in the sixth sent it into extra innings. Jamestown scores one, I believe, in the yep. top of the 10th, and then uh, a walk-off single by Brooklyn Van Ort, I believe. Won it in a, a great win for the defenders. Abby Kramer pitched the whole way, went the full 10 innings and got the win. And she uh, didn't – I knew she was getting a high strikeout total. I didn't realize it was – I think you might have the box score up, Bradley. Was it 15 or 16? She had 16, and that's, that's the second time that she's done that this season, having 16 strikeouts. She is unique in that – it, it, it seems like it always takes her just an inning or two to get find her groove, gives up an early run. That's not been uncommon. But then for about a three- or four-inning stretch, people just don't even touch her. Yeah, she's she was unhittable at times. She would uh, she had all of her pitches working. She had good location. She did have five walks on the night, yep. but that's not a bad thing necessarily. To 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 groove to be in control all the time, you got to be a little wild at times. I will say this as well on that note. The strike zone was consistent last night in game one, but it was tight. Uh, you, you were not getting the edges. Normally you get a ball or two width off of the plate. That was not happening last night in game number one. So that, that translates into some more walks. You, you just asked for consistency behind the plate, and, uh, it, and it was. So a good showing by Abby. And no one was going to complain about the umpires last night because I don't know uh, – we alluded to it. Josh Tatton alluded to it on the broadcast. It was hard work to get those games in last night, and we ended up with one set of officials that deemed the field not playable. Grounds crew and coaching staff and other personnel for both schools felt differently, scrambled, found a couple of umpires, got started a little bit late. I was waiting for the clown car to come on the field and the calliope to fire up because it it was a circus for a period of time last night. A lot of people worked hard to get those games possible. Yeah. A lot of field work, a lot of prep, and I'm just glad that they got both games in. And thank you to those umpires who came on short notice to do it. The umpires on short notice, leaving Matron and his crew last night. I talked to them uh, before the game. I said before the doubleheader. I said when it looked like we might not be playing, 
I said, hey, I mean, I, I know you've worked all day to get this done. And whether we get it in or not, just know that we appreciate your efforts. And uh, they were they they still stayed to the bitter end last night as well. I think wrapped up right around ten thirty, quarter to eleven. Because of Game Two's uh, promptness, it was quick. Ten thirty, yeah. I think. I was home by ten forty, so it was a snappy pace. It, uh, it yeah, it was it was an odd night. And Game Number Two, three nothing, a great outing by Haley Wilkin on the mound. That is the lead right there. Haley Wilkin. Pitched marvelously, uh, a c- complete game. Not sure how many hits she gave up, but uh, uh, she was she just she made them put the ball in play, and uh, the defenders made the plays behind her. Someone up in the press box asked me. They said, "Abby Kramer, does she have a chance at Great Plains Athletic Conference Pitcher of the Week?" Or I'm sorry, Pitcher of the Year. And I said that was during Game One. And I, that was when Dort was down one nothing. And I said, "Not if you don't win games like this." She has a chance, and every time she pitches for the defenders, they have some confidence that they have a chance of winning. She's had a phenomenal season, and she leads the G-Pack in strikeouts and in ERA, and she's at 15 wins. I'm not sure where that's at in the G-Pack rankings, but it's got to be up in the top three. So um, just a fantastic season for Abby, and I I would agree. I think she has a a shot at G-Pack Pitcher of the Year. She set a new season record for strikeouts last night as well. She went over 160. She now has the top two seasons for strikeouts by a Dort pitcher. I think she had 153 last year. Uh, She ends up, I think she entered last night with 148, so she's at 164. So over 300 strikeouts by Kramer in the last two weeks. Things are not going to get any easier for the defenders taking on a Morningside team that's very good today, College of St. Mary's, some point this weekend. And then more softball next week. I think there's a doubleheader with Northwestern in there. And wrapping up with Concordia, possibly. Do you have that schedule in front of you, Bradley, by chance? And I know there's a non-conference day with Dakota State next week and I'm, who, who do we play Friday or Saturday? So they wrap up on Saturday at Dakota Wesleyan. Dakota Wesleyan. So we're, we're done with Concordia. We played right. them already. Right. It is all a blur, guys. I, <laughs> I woke up this morning. I didn't. I wasn't sure what day it was, but I did know we had softball and baseball today. So that's softball. Baseball. Rough weekend last weekend and now They've got a big weekend ahead against a very good Concordia team. Boy, Concordia is really, really good in doing some prep work for tonight. They hit the ball well. They lead the G-Pack in home runs hit. Uh, they're in the top 10 in the NAI in total home runs. It's going to be a challenge. A, a four-game set against Concordia today and tomorrow. It'll be a challenge for Coach Bacon's squad. And those ones last week, it was Jamestown, and then who was it on Friday? Morningside. Morningside. Those are ones that you want to get, um, especially because Dort and Jamestown were right neck and neck um, for that eighth spot, and Dort is now uh, tied for eighth, eighth in the GPAC standing. So that that was a big one. So hopefully we can get a couple of wins this weekend. With eight games to go, I believe, for everyone, I think there are five teams within two games of each other for three spots. Right, right. You have Midland and Jamestown sitting at nine and eleven. Northwestern and Dort at eight and twelve, who play each other four times yep. next week. Yep. And then you have Dakota Wesleyan right behind at seven and thirteen. They've reinserted themselves into the discussion because they've had a couple of good weeks. And uh, Jamestown, I mean, what makes that sweep at their hands 
on Saturdays, I mean, it just it hurts, is because then they turned around and got swept by someone. And yeah. you, you just feel like, man, if you just get one of those. And the team's right in front of Dort, Midland, and Jamestown. Dort lost the season series, of course, to Jamestown. They also lost the, the season series to Midland. They went one and three, so they're going to lose those tie breaks. Um, a big weekend against Concordia, but an even bigger weekend next week against Northwestern. You got to stay in the contention. You got to stay in the hunt this weekend and give yourself a chance on that last weekend. So that's baseball. Um, I don't know that there's much more to add about that other than Logan Klein continues to have a phenomenal year. I think his batting average uh, up around 430 now for the season. And um, he is just, he's seeing it well and he's driving the ball. And Luke November batting behind him is giving him good protection. Logan can score in so many different ways. Uh, The first inning of the game two against Jamestown last week, Dort didn't get a hit, but yeah. they had a run on the board after the first inning. It was uh, Klein drew a walk, uh, stole second base, was hit over uh, to third, and then scored on a sacrifice fly by Chase Edwards. So he's just uh, a great athlete and has really produced well out of that leadoff spot. And Mike, you mentioned it in a conversation we had earlier in the week. Logan is closing in. He's going to be in the top five, top ten in so many categories offensively. Yeah. What what a career. Yep, and he's going to end up with a career batting average hovering around 400, and those that just doesn't happen very often. So it's been a joy to watch that and uh, uh, see if uh, I'm hopeful – I mean, it'd be really great to get into the playoffs and take that next step. We'll see if that's uh, what transpires over the next couple of weeks. Track and field. Kind of kind of ran last week, kind of. Kind of, a small squad yeah. in some not-so-nice conditions, unless if you were fortunate to be in the pole vault or high jump. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, were there a lot of pole vault and high jump coaches inside too? Making, Correct, yeah. and a lot of fans, <laughs> strangely enough. It was a popular event, yeah. but uh, yeah, they had to battle some bad conditions last week at the Red Raider Open. Um, just a handful of defenders competed. Luke Bowsma should mention him. He had a PR yeah. in the pole vault, um, so that was really nice. And uh, Grant Brower had a first place finish in the high jump. But uh, this week they'll be back in action at the uh, USD. And USD, and uh, we're talking about this on Thursday morning, and they're going to run that Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening. You better get ready, and if if you want to try to get some seed times or qualifications, it appears today's the day. Yep, today's going to be a beautiful day, so therefore they moved all of the distance races to today, a few of other races as well, but all the distance stuff, the steeple, the mile, the eight, and the 5,000, all of that's today. Tomorrow will be a field event day, and then Saturday they'll wrap up with a lot of the relays and a couple other field events that they don't get in. Drake relays next weekend. You mentioned, and uh, let's let's just very briefly talk about it. Entries, one individual and a bunch of relays. Is yep. that what it amounts to? Peyton Malden's going to run in the eight hundred. He is the one individual that qualified. But then Coach Heinen said we got all of our relays in. So there's going to be a, quite a few relays and a lot of defender athletes competing there. And that is an important weekend. Now we've gotten some qualified already for NAIA, but. If the weather conditions are favorable, it seems like Drake brings the best out of teams. Yep, that's the time to qualify. And this weekend, if the wind holds up, the competition this weekend at USD is going to be uh, pretty steep as well. So hopefully some good marks, some good times this weekend. Might be a case where we look at the times and the marks rather than the places. Correct. 
Okay, Great Plains Athletic Conference golf this weekend. Uh, men are at Vermilion. That's Friday and Saturday. Yes, Friday and Saturday. And we've got some ground to make up, I believe, if I remember correctly, uh, seventh or eighth place, something like that for the men. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Seventh, seventh, I believe. Yeah, I think uh, the the women made a move late last season, or in the fall portion of the season, while the men. Seventh place right now. And as we take a look at where that stands, the defenders, 616 for the two-day total, 16 strokes out of fourth place. Northwestern sitting there at 600. Um, But we're only two strokes clear of the ninth and tenth place teams in effect. So, So what it boils down to is Northwestern's in fourth at 600, Hastings and Dakota Wesleyan are tied for ninth, tenth in effect at six eighteen. So only eighteen strokes to divide, separating those two teams, those several teams, after two rounds of play. Opportunity to move up definitely for the defenders who have been playing some pretty good golf in the spring, um, and it'll be at a familiar course, a course that they have played before. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Freddie Bullock, by the way, is in fourth place currently with a one forty four, a seventy four, and a seventy after the first two rounds. He is the only defender in the top 10. Dutch Farr is tied for 20th right now with a 152 through two rounds. Women will be golfing next week, and that one is, we had the discussion where that was going to be played, and Bradley, you looked it up, and it is going to be at? Norfolk. Norfolk. Right? Is that that how the locals say it? The locals say Norfolk. We're, we're just teaching you all kinds of stuff. <laughs> the locals say Norfolk. I always still say Norfolk. But Norfolk. Yeah, if you want to sound like you really know what you're talking about, <laughs> you say Norfolk. Um, the Dort women are in fourth place, and they have a team total of 684. Like I said, they made a little bit of a move with a 336 in round two, and they are four strokes behind Briar Cliff currently, who sits in third at 680. Defenders are six strokes clear of Jamestown, who stands fifth currently. And I'm just scanning the individuals. Carrie Cruz and Rachel Bostwick. Uh, Rachel is tied for ninth with a 169. Carrie is tied for 12th with a 170. So it was separated by one stroke. And so I, I'm optimistic. I thought the women played well in their last outing. And I hope that's a harbinger for of things to come for the Defender women. For those individual finishers, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's the top 15 yes. get all conference. So yep. that's something to keep an eye on for both teams. Yep. Top 15 after the 72, you have to play in all four rounds to be eligible. Correct. Yeah, and you've got, uh, and this is where we'll start to see. Okay, it'll it'll you'll see start to see the number of golfers increase on the field because you've got some people who will golf this weekend that didn't golf in the first time around. I'm just hopeful that they have decent weather and they can actually get it in. Speaking of golf this weekend, uh, Friday, they're going to have the dedication service for the Brian Ekoff golf simulator. And uh, I believe, and John Crane has been fired about up about that, but that will be a good thing for the golf teams moving forward at Dort. You walk by that facility each and every day. Granted, the weather hasn't been great this spring, but it has been heavily used, and that's good to see uh, an outstanding addition to our athletic uh, department. It's great to see and uh, to have something that um, that Dort has never had before. Um, placed right there in the rec center, it's a great location, and it's 
uh, a very nice facility to uh, to walk through and see our golfers using. And Brian Ekoff, for those who don't uh, are new to Dort, relatively new to Dort Athletics, you're saying who's Brian Ekoff? Brian Ekoff, I believe, graduated, and this is where I'm going to struggle just a little bit. I believe graduated in 08 or 09. Uh, played basketball. I was more involved actually in basketball than golf while he was here. He was on the golf team, but basketball was what he spent most of his time with. Upon graduation, he uh, worked at some of the big clubs, one of them down in Arizona as a golf assistant, ended up as a golf pro in Montana, and just seemed to be rising through the ranks in terms of golf management and things like that, and he was really having an impact. Was killed in a car accident, I believe 2018, uh, fall of 2018, uh, not quite four years ago. And so um, many of his former teammates are scheduled to be here, both golf and basketball this weekend, and uh, hope to see some familiar faces from the past uh, on the Dort campus and uh, looking forward to that, including uh, Mark Christians and Greg Vinsolen are going to be involved in the dedication and then a a, uh, a private uh, reception afterwards. So uh, look forward to seeing those guys on campus once again. The Dome, lots of dirt being moved over there. Speaking of facilities and yeah. additions to our department, great to see. Excited. It is. And uh, we, we look at the pictures, and now that the space has been cleared and the dirt is there and you're starting one thing it's huge yes <laughs> it's enormous the other is that i think you're going uh, if you if you watch it week by week you're going to see noticeable changes each week in that facility site and by november hope to be up and functioning the dome itself won't take very long to put up, um, maybe about 90 days. That's what I've heard, yeah. Um, so that'll that'll be a, a big change uh, coming pretty quickly to uh, 7th Street. And um, then you add uh, in the, the permanent building that is um, going to be built attached next to it. That'll take a little bit longer, but it's an impressive facility. And I know a lot of people, including myself, are excited to see it go up. It... Uh it would have made the spring a little more palatable because I talked to Jeff Zomer. I said, are you going to cancel and move softball games moving forward? And he said, no likelihood not. Um, if the opponent agrees, they'll simply move those games indoors. Like yesterday, for instance, instead of trying to, to bust it, to try and get games played late in the evening, probably just clear the schedule and play two games in the dome tomorrow. And I would imagine other teams in the area might want to take advantage of that as well. Yeah. It'll be a nice opportunity for our campus to host a lot of events, uh, both collegiately and high school and, yeah. and younger. There's the, the traffic that I foresee going through there. And we talk about, I mean, obviously we're Dort centric, so we're going to, we're going to look at how it affects us. But from a community standpoint, I anticipate there being a lot of people that run through that building, especially in the months from whenever the weather turns, typically November one, until mid-March, in all likelihood, they're going to be there's going to be soccer, there's going to be kickball tournaments, there's going to be all kinds of things happening. So it'll be interesting to watch. Bradley, the fact checker, did we miss anything? We have everything. It's been a crazy schedule this week yeah. trying to figure out the postponements and delays and schedule changes but we got through it 
And I also found out today your favorite rock group from the 70s is Led Zeppelin. I, I don't know about favorite. I just, <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking that, you know, it was uh, he, not until it, recently it's not a man. that Led Zeppelin is not one person. It's the entire group. So. Yeah, Robert, Robert Plant, yep. Keith, uh, was it Keith Moon? Was yes. he the drummer? Yes. Yeah. And now I'm dating myself, so. How that's old a, are you again, Brad? Never that's mind. okay, Brad. Never mind, <laughs> That's Bradley. okay. It's yeah. all good. Rolling Stones, that's a group, too. <laughs> I, I knew that. Okay. Yeah. Aerosmith? The, Aerosmith, yeah. Okay. The yep. Who? Yep. All those. I, I've listened <laughs> to them. <laughs> all right. You have, you, you did an interview this week, and actually we've got a couple of longer length interviews coming up, but uh, why don't you take care of introing those, Bradley? Yeah. So uh, I talked with Abby Kramer earlier this week just about the season that she's having and um, just what the goals of this uh, year's softball team are. And then, uh, Mike, you talked with Logan Klein, who, like we mentioned earlier, having a fantastic season at the plate, and um, he's a senior this year, so we'll have those coming up next. Abby Kramer, thank you for coming in this morning. We're happy to have you here to talk about this season and what's to come for the rest of the year. Of course, not a problem. Thanks for having me. You've been having a fantastic season in the pitching circle. Uh, you have a no-hitter, a couple of GPAC Player of the Week honors, and the team as a whole is sitting third in the conference. What are your reflections on the season so far? Um, yeah, so I guess it's kind of refreshing to have a very successful season so far. Um, we didn't really know what to expect for the season, and going down to Florida and coming back with a bunch of successes was very nice. Everybody on the team here is really everybody's just performing and if they're not the next person behind them is picking them up and it's just very encouraging to see that team camaraderie. Can you talk about how that team camaraderie was built? Um, what are some experiences that you've shared together and uh, building that? that yeah team? absolutely. So um, this team is we've got a little mixture of everybody. We've got a fifth year senior, we've got a very big junior class but then we've got some underclassmen as well and so um, really just Everybody likes each other. Everybody spends time together. Um, fall ball, being able to have a fall ball season was really helpful for that um, because we were able to spend that time together and really learn how each other plays. That's a lot of what fall ball is, is just learning how to play together. And then in Florida, we were in a big house together, and so we really, we didn't have an option. We had to learn how to get to get, <laughs> get along. And um, so that was, I think it was very good for the team and really just the success that we've had and then the adversity that we had in presentation right away there. We just, we had no option. If we wanted to have a successful season, we needed to get over that adversity right away. And it's April 19 at the time of this recording. There's still a lot of softball left to be played, there even sure though <laughs> there's yeah. been so far. How do you maintain that high level of play throughout the season? Well, we just have to go in with a level head. We can't come in with the idea of oh, we're playing this very good team, or oh, we're the, playing this team that's not performing so well this year. We have to go in with a level head of, we just need to play Dort softball. Dort softball wins games. Dort softball gets along. Dort softball is successful, and we play for the glory of God. So we just need to continue to do that. Has there been a game uh, so far this season that has kind of set the tone for how this team was going to perform the rest of the year? I have one in mind. But I I'm also not sure have one in mind. Um Indiana Wesleyan yep, that's the was, one I was thinking. Uh, nationally ranked and going in, we just, I wouldn't say that we 
tried to play any different than what we play now, but being able to come away with that win really was defining for us in that the fact that we can now we now have an opportunity to say that we are good. We we know that we are good. And so that's just one thing Dort softball I don't know if it has done that before. So that was really helpful and really fun. Last year, you had an opportunity to pitch behind Rachel Evavald. Um, How has that experience helped you moving forward into this season? I know the previous year was a shortened season, so your freshman season wasn't wasn't full. How did that experience set the tone for this year? Yeah, Rachel was an amazing leader. Um, I could go to her with any questions with, hey, what pitch do you think I should go after this batter? And she would tell me exactly what she thought, whether – Hey, I think you should keep it off the plate. Hey, just go right at her. Um, she was a great leader. And I can say that not only for me, but I can say that for the rest of the team. Both her and Haley Hearingo really um, helped that. Um, another person that I should really mention, um, Marissa, our shortstop, our freshman year. Coming in as a freshman is scary. And she came and caught for me and just really took me under her wing. And I think that is helpful to this day. What are your goals for the rest of the season? Win. <laughs> um, I guess just really to like carry out the success that we've had. I really hope that the team, I just want to continue to play the way that we are playing. And as coach always says, we just need to play softball. And we have a bunch of amazing athletes on our team. And I think if we just keep producing the way we are, I think my goal of winning will happen. Now let's shift gears to talk about your student experience at Dort. Can you talk about your major and what you hope to do with that? Yeah, absolutely. So I am an animal science pre-veterinary major. I complete my animal science degree here at Dort, and all of my electives are prerequisites for vet schools around the nation. And so in September, I will be applying for um, veterinary school, and then I'll find out in February what that takes from there. Um, It's a very competitive schooling opportunity. So um, depending on what happens from there will depend on what my future looks like. Are there any schools in mind that you're looking for? Yeah. So um, I'm hoping to apply to Michigan State and Iowa State. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Why did you choose Dort? Honestly, I Dort was not in my radar until my travel ball coach said something to Coach Zomer and Coach Zomer reached out to me. And then Coach got me on campus obviously and I did more research in the agriculture program and I knew that after high school I wanted to be more of a student than an athlete and Dort really allows me to do that. Dort allows me to you can be a student first, an athlete next and that's something I really do appreciate about them and that is why I chose Dort. And what have you experienced so far during your college experience that's helped you determine that Dort was the right choice? Yeah, so um, I'm sure along with everybody else's like college journey, there was a lot of doubt about whether they chose the right school or not. But honestly, the agriculture program has been so welcoming for me. And I am now an um, ag club officer. I'm a pre-veterinary club officer. And just the welcoming arms and the many opportunities that I've had both on the farm and off the farm and um, my advisor, I just they're amazing people and they allow me to know that I made the right decision every single day. Abby, thank you for coming in this morning. It's been great to talk with you and I hope you have the best of luck going out through the rest of the season. Of course. Thank you.
We turn our attention to a baseball senior, Logan Klein, a senior from, I can never remember, is it Gillette, Wyoming, or Cheyenne? Cheyenne. Cheyenne, Wyoming, and uh, Logan has been a shortstop, a regular for the Dort Defenders for four years now, and uh, Mm -hmm. Logan, those four years have gone pretty fast, haven't they? Oh, yeah, they've flown by for sure. Yeah. You had the uh, sophomore year of COVID, cut things short a little bit, but last year, uh, regular season, this year, uh, I guess a regular season where we're getting the games in, but the weather isn't cooperating so yeah. much. But uh, tell me about uh, baseball here at Dort. Uh, you, your name will be among the leaders in most offensive categories when you are finished here, and we hope there's a few more weeks left. But uh, has it always been baseball? Has baseball always been your favorite? Um, I actually grew up loving basketball, if okay. I'm being honest. Uh, but in high school, I was pretty small. And quickly realized that I, I wouldn't play, and so I'd always loved baseball as well. And so that's kind of when I made the switch. And then once I made the switch, kind of never looked back. I've always loved it ever since. So Your batting average is over 400. Has that come easily to you all the time? Have you always been able to hit, or is that something you've had to work on? Um, I'd say since the second half of high school, it's always kind of come easier to me, um, the offensive side. But I've always kind of enjoyed the work that comes with baseball, like the everyday, just getting swings in, um, the f- feeling it out. And so I've always enjoyed that. So I think that's helped a lot. Are you self-coached in terms of when you're in the box, or do you have some people who you lean on to tell you some things? Um, I'd say for the most part, I kind of have grown to know my swing and know what needs to switch and that kind of stuff. But um, another player here at Dort, Chase Edwards, has always had a good influence on me. He knows a lot, and so I'll go to him with questions quite a bit. So, yeah. Defensively, always a shortstop? Growing through high school, I was always second base because I was smaller. Okay. So the same reason I quit. But then once I came to Dort, I was second freshman year, and then they switched me over COVID year. Jumping from high school to college, you played some travel ball as well as a high schooler, correct? Correct, yeah. Was it a big jump out of from high school to college? Tell me about that. Yeah, so in Wyoming, we don't have high school baseball at all. It's all travel ball. Um, so I got the opportunity to play with some really good teams down in Colorado growing up. And so I'd say it wasn't a huge jump for me, but it's just little differences here and there. It's a little quicker moving uh, once you get to college, but... Um, I enjoyed it. It was a good switch. Do you ever stop and reflect on the years, uh, the career you've put together at Dort, or is that something that you'll do somewhere further down the line? Um, I think that's probably something further down the road. Right now, just kind of trying to finish out senior year strong and see what happens from there. You're an engineering major. Have you been an engineering major since you arrived on campus? Yep. I kind of know and I've always wanted to do that. So, what uh, What drew you to engineering? I think that I've always liked uh, just building things, and so that kind of originally brought me through there. And then I started to learn I was pretty good at math, which also tied in well, and it seemed kind of the obvious choice. So, What's the toughest class you've taken in the engineering program? Ooh. For me, it was process-controlled systems. That okay. class was hard for me. What uh, What made that challenging? It's just a lot of higher-level math and kind of abstract math that confuses me a little bit okay so you you come out of uh you come out of cheyenne what uh why dort what was uh, what was the attraction yeah so just wanting to look for a school where i'd be able to play baseball they had engineering and then ideally a christian school and that's just there's not a whole lot of schools like that out there and so i think my mom saw it on a google search and then reached out and one thing led to another and that's how i ended up here 
Did uh, did Mount Marty recruit you a little bit too? Nope. Okay, I thought uh, there there was a player at Dort who the the Mount Marty coach who I've gotten to know fairly well. He said uh, he had recruited him, and then he said once he found out he was an engineering major, he told him, ah, maybe you want to look at Dort instead." So I didn't couldn't remember if that was you or not. Um, how have you how have you changed since uh, you came out? To, uh, how, how about this? What advice would you give to uh, the 18-year-old Logan Klein now that you've gone through four years of college? Uh, definitely I would tell myself you don't have to stress so much about stuff. So especially early on, you kind of with baseball and engineering, you kind of get it all piled on. Um, and there's a lot of nights just stressing about if I was going to get it all done. And ultimately, if you find a way, work your time out, you'll get it done and just relax and enjoy it. Enjoy it while you're here. It goes fast. What what would you tell a recruit uh, in terms of choosing Dort? What what can they expect when they get here? Yeah, you can expect, I think, a, an amazing school experience. Uh, I've always enjoyed my professors. The people around campus are great. You get a lot of good friends, so I'd say to expect that. You are getting married this summer, um, looking to stay in the area. Now, you were telling me before we went on the air, you've got a job lined up for post-graduation. Yep, that's the plan. What? Uh, where are you going to work? So right now I'm planning to work at Civco Radiotherapy in okay. Orange City. And you're going to hopefully settle in the area. Who are you marrying uh, to all our listeners? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting married to Ashton Verbeek. Okay. So somewhere down the line we might have some big athletic uh, baseball <laughs> players or some really quick-handed basketball players. I Is sure that hope so, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Well, we... We, uh, we've enjoyed watching both of you play as you've progressed here. Um, you've gone through a coaching change as well here at Dort. Uh, mm -hmm. Coach Scouten as a freshman, correct? And correct. Coach Bacon the last three years. Not I'm not going to ask you to compare the two. I don't think that's fair. What does Coach Bacon do well? What do you, what do you like about this coaching staff? Um, I think they really kind of challenge you in different areas than we were challenged before and just really push you to uh, be better both on the field but off the field as well. And I think that's uh, something that's really grown in our program. So in terms of school or just getting involved with community, going to church, I think he's done a good job with that. You played some summer baseball last year, right? Correct, yeah. Worked with the, down in Joplin? Yep, Joplin. What? How did you get hooked up with that team, and how did that benefit you then this year? Yeah, so Coach Bacon knew the coach down in Joplin, so that's how I got hooked up with that. And I'd say the biggest benefit was just seeing good competition. So my team consisted of a lot of different levels. We had some D1 players and all those. So it was fun just to see the all different types of baseball players and all different levels and experiences. And you just learn a lot from all those different guys coming from different places. So do you, you've seen Division One and Division Two type pitchers. Mm-hmm. Yep. How do NAI pitchers stack up? Is it pretty comparable? Yeah, I would say NAI is probably close to D2, or yep. if not the same, and then low-level D1 is about the same as well. Logan Klein, thanks for your time. Uh, it's It's been great watching you play baseball. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate, uh, appreciate everything you give into the program. So uh, look forward to the, the last couple weeks. Thank you. This has been Defender Discussions. Watch for future releases on the Dort Athletics website and on our social media outlets.